Welcome back to another episode of Kicking It with Coach Red, where we bring you all the news, stories, takes, and opinions about your favorite teams from the Pacific North Fresh, from the good to the bad to the Mariners. Sweet, sweet Mariners can finally say it with joy. Mariners sprinkle a little garve sauce on their right. Don Canzone pasta. Probably should That's right. cup out of the way. Um, but we will not be talking about sweet, sweet Mariners today. Going to be talking about a clash of the Titans going down to Tennessee, facing the Tennessee Titans and coming out with a victory. But before we talk about that, why don't I tell you a little bit about us? If you're looking for a guy that is wheeling and dealing, riding high just like the Seahawks, making epic comebacks, come from behind victories in fantasy, and just like the Seahawks, just living my best life. If you're looking for someone like that, you might be looking for a guy like me, your boy, Coach Red. You can find me on Twitter at the Real Coach Red, on Instagram at the Real underscore Coach Red, TikTok at the Real Coach Red. Also, hop on over to YouTube, search Kicking It with Coach Red, like, subscribe, hit the bell notifications, leave a comment or two. And if you're looking for a guy that is looking fresh to death in a newly acquired beanie, my little Santa Santa Claus must came put him on his nice list this year. If you're looking for a nice boy, you might be looking for a guy like Kane. That's me. I'm Kane. You can find me on Twitter at Kane2406, on YouTube at Kane06, TikTok and Kick Kane0624. Also follow the show socials over on Twitter and Instagram at Coach Red Pod. False, false, false. Do it freaking do it. Do it freaking do it is right. That's what the Seahawks did. Uh, sure did. Didn't it didn't look appealing for the whole game as Seahawks um, games have looked for the better course of the last six, seven weeks. Uh slow start in this one. I haven't really seen a fast start since the Cowboys game. Yeah. And that one was just a straight up shootout. But uh Seahawks are down early. Derrick Henry throws a little tutty, throws a touchdown pass. It's true. Um, but the Seahawks start storming back in the fourth quarter. Geno Smith catches fire and does something that's only been done once in the NFL. Uh, in back-to-back weeks, A the same team has game-winning drives by different starting quarterbacks, which yes. the last time that happened was the 99 Dolphins. So congrats to Drew Locke and Geno Smith for having their names in the history books for approximately 24 years. Till it gets brought up again. Love Weird thing it. to happen. Very but, yeah, come back, come back, kids. And it was – I kind of felt throughout the course of this game that the Seahawks were never really in trouble. Like, they were, they were there the whole time, even though they – were not in the lead for a majority of this game. I still felt pretty comfortable throughout. Yeah. Um, they just, they had this, this confidence about them. It seemed like this week, especially coming off last week's big win. Um, but it I felt just, like they had a little hangover in the first, first half from yeah, the week. Prior. And, you know, it, it did start slow. It did. Um, you know, Derrick Henry kind of ate, that uh, I, I don't even want to – I can't pronounce their tight end. It's Unconquo. Shiggy Unconquo. 
Yeah, that guy also very good. Kind of solid. Kind of he kind of diced our defense a little bit. I mean, sixty four yards. You know, it's not a lot in the grand scheme of things, but the Seahawks do tend to give up a lot of yards against tight ends. But for the most part, you know, D Hop was kept under check. Uh, Traylon Burks, I I don't know if he was on the field. He was. Was he was kind of held in check. The only two players were the tight end, Derrick Henry, that kind of did anything all game. So. Yeah, let's talk about a little bit about Seahawks. Geno comes out 25 of 36, 227 yards through the air, throws two TDs, no interceptions, gets hit in the pocket, fumbles, but fell right on top of it. So no harm, no foul. What really surprised me, is, especially after Kenneth Walker's big game, um, the last couple of weeks looking pretty proficient, uh, expected some things from him, and the running game just never really got going as a whole. I mean, Sharp's got two too. carries, but Walker clocked in with 16 carries at 54 yards for a 3.4 average. And that front seven is tough for Tennessee. They've yeah, got but- a really good defense, and, and, and they did kind of stuff us in our track in the run game. So. But- I expected a little bit more, a little bit more from the running game, especially with no Simmons in the middle. Yeah, being out I this agree. Game. I agree with that it's just you know their their secondary guys, their linebackers are good. Their D their D line is still really good, and, and you know it's just one of those games. It's fine, you know. The Gino did very well in the air this week, so there's really nothing to complain about. Yeah, and one. One beneficiary of Gino being back was Tyler Lockett. It seemed like yeah, he Lock were a little, little off step. Clocks in with eight catches for eighty-one yards. JSN is becoming pretty clutch the last couple of weeks in big time spots. Almost catches a touchdown, just barely out of bounds, and racks his knee against some concrete. Ends up coming back in and finishing with six catches for sixty-one yards. DK Metcalf again late in the game, proving his proving his metal. Four catches, 56 yards, and a tutty. And then Colby Parkinson, three catches, 17 yards, and the game-winning touchdown. Yeah, nah, that was cool on that play. Got a little trickery going on. He was, um, fought through some contact to bring it in, which you also love to see. Yeah, and overall, you know, only, only took three sacks, so you were sitting there feeling pretty solid. It's just that they just never – sustained a drive until it got later in the game so yeah defense where it was at though the defense uh really bowed their neck a little bit bobby wagner clocking in 11 tackles two tfls and a sack boy mafe six tackles he was credited with two sacks i give him one and a half but he also had four quarterback hits and a pass deflected at the line of scrimmage boy mafe big game and the guy i called out last week that i said Time to earn your money. This has to be the game where he shows up. Boy, did he. Draymond Jones, three tackles. Uh, almost game-clinching sack on the final drive for Tennessee. I, and I, I gave him the other half sack. Yes. Boy, Mafia had him wrapped up, and Draymond finished him off. So yes. um, it was six sacks in total. So two to Boye, one to Draymond, one to Bobby per ESPN. You also throw in Jaron Reed getting in the backfield and Mario Edwards, former Titan, getting a little revenge. But I know that you weren't on the podcast last week, but you did listen to it. Um, one of the things I said was 
let Tannehill beat you. Like, keep Derrick Henry under 100 yards. Because last time these two played, Derrick Henry went off for over 200. He started rolling as the game went into the fourth quarter and into overtime. And Derrick Henry clocked in with 88 yards on almost 20 carries. So, I'll take that. And Spears was a is their more explosive guy, and he was actually held in check to a shorter average. Their big gasher was Tannehill on a couple of broken plays where he was yeah. getting pressured and took off. But Daniel clocked in with only 152 yards of passing. Derrick Henry throws a touchdown pass, like we said, and when you factor in all the sacks in the passing game, they only had 125 yards passing. Yeah. D- DBs were in lockdown the whole game. Reeks yeah. back makes the game winning tackle by forcing the guy backwards and out of bounds. So the clock keeps running and game's over. But you just look at the whole compliment. Julian Love was still popping, wrapping up, making plays. Same with Quandre. Quandre was all over the field. Like Quandre's got a little resurgence here in the second half of the season because he was looking a little shaky in the first half. Also want to kind of give a little shout out to Artie Burns too. Dude is playing very Flying. well. Flying, filling in for Spoon in the nickel. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was a good game. I mean, a win's a win. No matter how you slice and dice it, you'll take every win you can get. And with yep. this win coupled with the Vikings loss, the Seahawks are back in playoff position. That they are. And – We'll talk about it more later, but they've got a pretty favorable schedule for the last yep. two games to try and make their way into the playoffs. So before we go that that much further, Kane, who's your player of the game? I'm going to go with Draymond Jones. As as we said earlier, you know, this was a big must game for him. Shows your money worth, you know. And I just saw him breaking through the line. It seemed like every other play. He, you know, you finally saw his number for for most of the time. You know, you usually look around, you see Boye Mafe, uh, you know, when Echenna Nuosu's healthy, you see his number out there. But, dude, Draymond Jones just exploded this game. It was the one and a half sacks that we're crediting him with. I, I did see the half sack. Uh, he 100% was helping. And... If we can get more games like this out of him, I think that you're going to see a different Seattle team. Coach Red, who's your player of the game? I have an honorable mention first, and that is Colby Parkinson with the game-winning touchdown. Um, It's been sprinkled a little bit more, no catches for Fant, but Parkinson's catch in the end zone was textbook. He catches the ball away from his body. The defender has his arm between the football and his body in between his arms. He secures the ball out in front of his chest, tucks it away with his right hand away from the defender, and it's yeah. just textbook. And Big IQ play. And honestly. this is a guy that was looked at as a pretty as big target, obviously. It's Prolific six. pass catcher. Yeah, coming out of Stanford. You know, he's straight out of Stanford. He was supposed to be the pass-catching guy, but he's he's become a total tight end. He's pretty solid at blocking now. This whole room is just solid, and I think mm-hmm. that it's that Seattle mantra, you know, it's like compete, compete, compete. And I feel like this team in particular, especially when you saw Geno's just showing love for Drew Locke, everyone getting hyped on defense when they have a mm-hmm. big play, this seems like a very team-oriented team. And I bet you the people that were 
most excited for Kobe Parkinson, besides all the fans, were the guys in the room with him, Will Disley and Noah Fant. Right, right. I agree. And that's just kind of seemed what it's been like with every single part of the team. The DBs do well. They all go crazy. The safeties go off. They go crazy. The D-line, it's it's everybody. It's, it's super good to see, especially this late in the season, right, when frustrations start to set in, especially when they have their four-game slide. Um, to see them rally around each other like this is 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 a breath of fresh air type of deal, right? You know, you it it's just something that as fans, this gives us hope again, like back in the Legion of Boom days, right? We were always so like, oh, we're the best team, we're the best team, because their defense was the greatest. And and then, you know, you had those years of struggle and struggle and struggle and struggle and struggle. It just seems like they're finally clicking. Yes, their average age on the team is, is around 25. They're super young. But I think with them being so young, it's easier for them to come together and, and instead of having a bunch of older guys, you know. And I, and veterans aren't bad to have on a team, right? But Gotta this, have them. You, you do. But this team just is gelling. And as you said, you know, we have some favorable matchups for the rest of the year with the Steelers and the Cardinals. But, you know, you just can't put take your foot off the gas pedal. You got to keep it floored. So, we would love to see that keep happening. Well, my actual player of the game is Boye Mafe. Boye yeah. Mafe was an absolute game wrecker. He hadn't had a sack since his streak was snapped. And holy Snap. moly, did he come to play. Um, Daniel didn't know what to do. There the batted pass was because he was bearing down on him and was inches away from another sack, potentially yeah. a strip sack. So boy, Mafe, uh, four quarterback hits clocks in with six tackles and two of which being credited as sacks. The dude is really evolved this year. And it's going to be really fun to see the gameplay with Channing Wosu back next year with the, Another year of Derek Hall in the system. Hopefully he can make a jump. And then you throw in Draymond Jones, Jaron Reed still on this team. Like this defensive front can really has a lot of get to the quarterback upside. And Boye Mafe is right in the center of it right now. Right. And, and you know, kind of since, since I wasn't on the Christmas episode, uh, or last week's the, the I want a wish list kind of deal real quick. Um, I want them to bring back Leonard Williams next year. It's gonna be a I, tough thing to do. I think that would absolutely solidify our D line. And as we just said, you need veterans, and he's one of the best out there. Yeah, right? and Nawosu back. I, the loss of Nawosu is not lost on this team. They're so much. They're a much more complete team. Um, right with him on the field i agree so i i just that that's kind of my little wish list thing for him because leonard williams is so good i have to tell next christmas you aren't that good of a boy that's fair so this is going to be our last episode that we record before the new year celebration there's a few things that we hope happen between now and the recording next week uh we hope that the Mariners sign another player. We hope that the Huskies uh, don't get hooked by the horns and advance to the natty. Um, 
but it's this time of year where resolutions it's the new year's resolution time so we've got a couple of new year's resolutions that we wanted to talk to you about and i'll start because i have three and you only have two that's fair um my first new year's resolution is for jamal adams jamal adams new year's resolution should be to go see either a yogi a spiritual therapist or just a mental health therapist because it's been a tough road for him you know all the expectation high draft pick does well with new york gets traded for two first round picks something you don't see for a safety you know sets the db record for with nine and a half sacks in his first season and then he's been oft injured and you can tell he's banged up when he's been on the field this year. You saw it especially showing its colors during the 49ers second game. He just wasn't there. And the comments that came out, you know, he was deemed a healthy scratch, but they've also talked about kind of load management. He's been on the injury report every week with the knee. So with him, I think there's a lot of things that have gone on, and he's a guy that there's a lot of cap money that's tied up with him. It's going to be hard to move on. I want him to get his mind right because I think when he's on this field flying around, he is a fun piece for this defense. He's a weapon. He's a defensive weapon. Right. And I think that what you could look at is him kind of shifting positions a little bit more to an outside backer role, potentially as soon as next year when your linebacker room is going to be light and – not having to bring in an additional body because you've already got him on the team and allows Julian Love to play. But I want him to get right. You know, he's attacked reporters this this year. He said things like, people go low, I go lower. Like, dude, just get your mind right, man. This is a game, and it's something that you are going to – your body is taking the toll. I get that. But time to get that mind right, get locked back in, and be that Jamal that was just absolutely flying and looked like he was having the time of his life in the first year. Let's get back to that a little bit. When he made that first tackle against the Giants in his first game back this year, the whole place was – he was hyped. The whole crowd was hyped. I was hyped. I was juiced. You know, get that mind right. Get a little therapy in you. Go, Go do some yoga poses. You know, meditate a little bit. Get your mind right. Yeah, I agree. He's got to he's got to get something figured out, right? Because, you know, speaking of the New York game, you know, he did scream at the doctor that diagnosed him with the concussion. It just kind of seems like he's been wild and out pretty much every other game. So, just I I hope he gets right. Yeah. All right, Kane. What's your first resolution? So my first resolution is for DK Metcalf. And I think DK Metcalf needs to be a better leader in the locker room. Um, You know, you've seen him be super hot-headed. And he's usually the guy, you know, the personal fouls, the 15 yards, the whole nine yards, the pouting on the sideline, you know, chucking the helmet, doing all that. That's not setting a good example, right? This is he, he's in year seven now, six or seven. You're 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 a veteran. You are one of the main focal points of the team. You know you need to be in kind of like a higher light, right? And 
just keep your cool. You got to show the young guys how it's done. Be professional. You know, you get paid a lot of money to play the game. And it, it's your job, man. You just got to stay professional and show the younger guys that you're level-headed. It, it's just a good thing for the team. I mean, look at Bobby, right? He's been the prime example for years of what the captain and leader of a team should be. And, and I think he could take some notes from it. You have anything yeah. to add, Coach? Yeah, you've seen him progress a little bit this year, like learning the sign language. There's been times where he's calming Gino down, so you've seen aspects of it, mm-hmm. but you haven't seen it for a whole season. He's getting labeled around the league kind of as a hothead, even though his last 15-yard penalty I think was pretty warranted. We talked about that. Um, mm-hmm. Or no, we didn't because we didn't record We that. talked about it at Mom and Dad's. Yeah, but, you know, getting a guy that – a middle linebacker that shoves him in the back of the head on a guy that broke his neck in college. Yeah. You know, it's going to be a little finicky with that one, but I think that you're seeing some strides. You just want to see it come all together. You know, it's kind of like the baton was passed from Doug Baldwin to Tyler Lockett. And it seems like Lockett's days are getting closer and closer to the end. And it's going to be passed to DK Metcalf. And then, who knows where it goes from there. So you hope it's JSN, but I think that you've got a good group of guys in that wide receiver room, Jake Bobo, JSN, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf. DK Metcalf's the guy that you stay up at night for. He's the guy that you game plan for. You just want to make sure that you see him continue to progress and not diva out when he's that top guy. Yeah. Yeah. Coach Red, what's your next resolution? My, Next resolution has a reference back to a classic movie, and that movie is called Space Jam, the original one with Michael Jordan. And at halftime, when the Toon Squad is down and out, uh, Bugs Bunny gives everyone some of Mike's secret stuff. <laughs> and the DBs have been playing on point, and you've seen the running game kind of be the bugaboo for the Seahawks granted they've went up against some heavily involved rushing teams like, Oh, you know, the Ravens, the Niners twice, the Eagles, but I want the DBs who have been playing lights out the last couple of weeks to learn that sharing is caring and share some of that with your front seven to share some of that secret sauce with that front seven to plug up those holes in the running game. Because when you sit there, the Seahawks, the last couple of weeks have been sitting there around 300 yards of offense. Luckily the defense has been right around giving up right around 300 yards. But when you hold a quarterback to 150 yards passing, I don't want the running game to be there. If the running game is just bananas because they got up and were running the ball, I get it. But when you stymie the passer like you did in this game, let's plug up those holes a little bit more. Mm -hmm. Okay, what do you got for your next resolution? So my next resolution is for the entire team. Um, and that is stop playing down to your opponent's level. This team is too talented to be this bad sometimes. I think maybe it's Pete Carroll's mantra of compete. Like, you got to make sure you're in there and competing with the bad teams, just like you do with the good teams. Because even, even when the Seahawks have had great teams – 
they have had games against lesser competition where they play down a little bit. Yeah. And and it's just seems like, you know, earlier in the seasons, the Josh Dobbs led Arizona team that, you know, it was super close with a team that has the second overall pick right now because their record is terrible. You know, the team is not good. You play down to them, you know, uh, one of the plus sides is they beat down the Giants. They're a bad team, and they absolutely crushed them. But it, it, this last week, super close game. It, and the Titans are not what they used to be. Derrick Henry's not what he used to be, you know. And and it was neck and neck, and they won in the fourth quarter. I felt like watching that game, it was like what, going into a museum. You see Mike Vrabel, former player, the ghost of DeAndre Hopkins, uh, older Tannehill, older Derrick Henry. It's like, I love the names, but they're not the guys they were three, four years ago. Right. And so, you know, you you look ahead, too, at the schedule, and you you hope that, like I said earlier, you keep the pedal on the gas and just throttle them. So for this team, they need to play – to their level, which this this is a very talented team. It really is. Mm-hmm. So that is my resolution for the whole entire team. Coach Red, what's your last one? Um, my last one is delegate. And this one kind of harkens back to a few weeks ago when they were in the midst of that four-game skid where P. Carroll was asked, you know, is your message still getting through? He goes, I don't know. You have to ask them. That's not a Pete Carroll answer. And a lot of people were saying during that stretch, has the league figured out Pete Carroll's base defense? Has it gotten too easy? What I want to do is delegate. I want Pete to be the head of the operation. He's one of the best motivators in the game. You see the rapport he has with Geno Smith, with Drew Locke, with a lot of these guys, you know, his mantra of always compete rang true, especially in the Philly game. When you start Mike Jackson and you bench Reek Wollen, Reek Wollen comes back the next week as the starter and wins the game with his tackle and played pretty stout defensively the whole game. I think he had one, like one catch given up for 10 yards to D hop on the day. Like, and you Reek- were so stoked when he hit, the receiver and kept him in bounds. Yeah. So what I want to see is I want him to let Clint Hurt run the defense, run whatever defense Clint Hurt wants to run. Let Shane Waldron do whatever he wants to do on offense. And Pete obviously overseeing it, but not dictating what needs to happen. And not being in in the building, I can't tell you if that's already happening. But I want Pete to just hold true because he's doing that right now. With Julian Love playing the way he is, you know, being cautious with Jamal Adams in the knee. But that mantra of compete, and especially with the younger players, they gravitate towards it. You could, you heard from the Legion of Boom times, you know, those guys that have been there five, six, seven, eight years hearing the same thing year in and out. You know, they were getting a little tired. Like Michael Bennett was taking his shoes off, taking naps during team meetings because he's like, I've already heard this before. But for a young team coming out of college, those college guys it's it's huge because he legit will give you a shot if he thinks that you're ready and i think that's what pete needs to stick to he's the most vibacious 73 year old that i've ever seen like 
the dude gets hyped. And Brock the Backwards had a little bit more big guy. It's good yeah. luck. Keep it going. Yeah. But like yeah. oversee that. But let let your coordinators do their work. Let them be multiple. And I think that's what you got to be in this NFL. If you don't have elite level talent across all levels, you have to be creative. I think yeah. is the best word. And I think that there are times that the Seahawks team feels like they are stuck at that museum that's in Tennessee and, you know, just like plodding along, hoping that you just ram your head against the wall that last time the floodgates will break open. So I think Pete, be the head, be the compete guy, follow through on that. Let your coordinators do their thing. Let them yeah. earn their money. Exactly. Exactly. I couldn't agree more. All right. We've talked about it a couple times, but the next game is coming up against the Pittsburgh Steelers coming to Seattle, which I think will be a big plus. You've got Mason Rudolph getting his second consecutive start after they beat the Bengals that were without Jamar Chase, so a little bit of a different team there. But the Steelers' defense is still pretty stout. T.J. Watt still getting after the quarterback. What – I think will be a big piece is if Minka Fitzpatrick is able to play. He didn't play last week. He hasn't participated in practice so far yet this week. So it'll be interesting to see if he is on the field. Yeah. Um, that if, if he's not, it's a big plus for the Hawks. Minka Fitzpatrick is an absolute animal. And, and you just really hope that TJ Watt gets stuffed. I mean, they're terrifying guys. They really are. Well, and then Mason Rudolph, third string quarterback for this team, ends up coming back and, you know, balling out, especially to George Pickens, who's been quiet for a few weeks. And he's been, he's been very diva esque last yes, few weeks. Very much so. And I think that what you want to see is kind of like what you saw with Will Levis in his first start for Tennessee. That spark plug, and then the following week wasn't there. That's what I want to see the Seahawks do. You know, attack the quarterback with their pressures, but also keep playing the same level that you've been playing at in the defensive backfield because it's been at a very high level. Mm-hmm. You know, Julian Love with the takeaways. They've been popping. They've been flying the – Corners have been sticky in coverage. It's been it's been fun to see. And I want to keep Warren and Harris at about three yards of carry because Warren's kind of their electric guy. Najee Harris for the last couple of years has been three or below on his yards per carry. And Warren has yeah, had a, a stretch where he surpassed him, but Najee's back to getting the lion's share of the carries. You know, really bottle up this run game. And f- like I said last week, Stop the run game. Force this team to beat you through the air. I like George Pickens more than I like anyone as a pass catcher for the Titans. But one guy can't beat you right. in the wide receiver game. That's what you see, especially the Seahawks with that distribution. Yeah, there's a guy that can do it like Amari Cooper last week, or you've seen CeeDee Lamb go off. But Tyree you got to have those other complementary pieces that pitch in. So if you can knock out the running game, I believe Deontay Johnson is on the shelf. So this team's a little bit undersized in the wide receiving room outside of Pickens. I think that if you can lock them down, it's going to be advantageous towards obtaining a victory. I agree, too. You know, and uh, what I what I mostly want to see 
just keep reconning all game. Let him travel. Let him. I'll I'll let Trey Brown get on him. I don't care, dude. It's I like just George George Pickens is going to be running the slot. I'll take I Mike just, Jackson. I just, I'll take. I, just Reed. I will take. I will take Trey Brown on anyone. Throw him out. I there. just I just want to see our number one corner go up against their number one receiver all game and just shut him down. That's that's my hope for the game because I love me some Reek Woolen and I would just it, it would be it would be a huge like even more confidence booster for the guy too. The other thing that I want to see is I want the Seahawks offense to get started sooner in this game. Coming back home after two big wins, getting back in playoff position, going up against a team that's also fighting to get in the playoffs. They're not going to come in here and roll over. I think that with the Seahawks, if they can get rolling early like they did against the Browns and make this Steeler offense, who has looked putrid at times this year, force them to be the team that comes back, I don't know if they can do it. If you get a two-score lead early and kind of maintain that into the third quarter, I don't think the Steelers are coming back unless they score a defensive touchdown. So I think take care of the ball, start early on offense. That's going to put you in the best place to win this game. I also think another big key to winning this game is getting Kenneth Walker and and I think more carries for Charbonneau too. Um, as as you said, you can get cute with Kenneth Walker because he's going to make things happen. Don't get cute with Zach Charbonnet. Just let him hit a hit a dude up the scene, and he is going to get you five plus yards of carry. And you're going to don't let him go outside of the guard. Straight yeah, forward, exactly. And, and I and I think if we can get this running game kind of established early. You know, it, it, I don't we, care. We, get the passing game established early. Once you get the lead, then establish the running game and just pound them amen. into submission. I yeah, yeah. I just, I just want to see more out of the running game this week. I do too. So, and if the Seahawks win, this will help do something unprecedented. It gets the Steelers, who I believe finished with the Ravens, in jeopardy of Mike Tomlin not finishing at 500 or above in the regular season for the first time in his career. Let's do it. Let's be a notch <laughs> to try and get there because Mike Tomlin, amazing coach. The yeah. years of success that he has sustained is up there with Bill Belichick, Andy Reid, some of those great coaches of the modern era. Mike Tomlin's right there, and yes. he has his guys ready, and they never, even in bad times, never have that bad of a year. And this defense is stout, but let's go attack them and get them closer to that first losing season. Don't make them bend, just make them break. Whew. <laughs> wow. That was rough. Well, I hope that you don't break our hearts by not giving us a follow <laughs> over on the social medias. <laughs> Find me, your boy coach red on Twitter at the real coach red on Instagram at the real underscore coach red TikTok at the real coach red. Also hop on over to YouTube, search kicking it with coach red, like subscribe, hit the bell notifications, leave a comment or two Kane. Where are you at? You can find me on Twitter at Kane 2406 YouTube at Kane 06 TikTok and kick Kane 0624. Also follow the show's socials over on Twitter and Instagram at Coach Red Pod. Follows, follows, follows. Do it, freaking do it. 
And as always, stay fresh. Stay fresh, peeps. Peace.